Abu Bui by Abu Bui. How it's starting, Abu Bui. Let's do it. I love it every single time. <laughs> Welcome to the N Word for Nerd podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I know you nerds are out here been feasting and waiting for us to come back and give you some of this heat. Well, we're here. You can calm down. You can relax. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was teaching my kids today how to do the sound for like the Zelda. So they were in the backseat being like, but I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I want you at school, like, you know, giving machine gun and shotgun sounds, but it was an enjoyable part of my day. As always, we want to welcome in our host, Jason. How's it going on, Duke of All Nerds? What's going on, my brother? It's great. Just got back from Jacksonville on yesterday, which will be a Saturday. And uh, okay. yeah, I had a great time down in the uh, city of crack. It was great. Yeah, how's COVID? Okay. <laughs> it was everywhere. I got it all up in my nose and everything. It was great. <laughs> so much fun. You couldn't pay me to go to Florida right now. Fuck Florida. <laughs> so you were like crack is whack, but COVID, uh, not so COVID. much. <laughs> hey, I got my shots. I'm good. <laughs> what, what what is it? Where were you in Jacksonville? Jacksonville, yeah. It's like exactly. yeah. Uh, come yeah. to Jacksonville for the meth. Stay because you traded your car for meth. Yeah, see. <laughs> come on vacation, leave on probation or whatever. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, That's man. Panama City. Yeah, I remember that. People are going to listen to this show and just show up in Jacksonville and be like, I thought it was all nothing but meth here. <laughs> this <laughs> is okay. actually kind of nice. I don't know. <laughs> like, I got the inside track on where to get the best meth, guys. I saw, I heard it on a podcast. Right. I thought it was going to be like swimming in meth like Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> <laughs> just a bunch of needles. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah that, that, that was in a I Saw movie. Saw too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of that, let's go right on to Jaren. I guess this is a bad intro to you from Memphis. No, it's, a great, it's uh, a great intro. <laughs> actually, Jaren, weren't you from Jacksonville briefly? No, you I went to high school in Panama City Beach, Florida. They called it LA, Lower Alabama, the Redneck mm. Riviera. Yep. God, how'd you end up in the shittiest parts of this country coming from Ireland? Because oh, my parents don't. Yeah, clearly they didn't do any research. No, no, no. We started in Colorado. Colorado was dope. It, but it was out there before the international airport was built. I remember it being built when I, when we were out there when I was a kid. So hmm. it was still coming into its own. But yeah, that's where the Illuminati are. Is that? Yeah, the Colorado airport. It's like these all these conspiracy theories about it and shit. And it's weird. Oh, was Area 53 underneath it or something? Something like that. Something yeah, crazy. Yeah. Like, it's like a secret government city under there. It's where they're keeping all, right, keep let's, all let's the extra the <laughs> Yeah, I can't confirm or deny any of this which is being said on this show. So, guys, hopefully <laughs> they're telling you all the truth where you go and fact find this and find mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, this may be a little bit more sketchy than you think. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, speaking of all the areas that we have spoken about, let's talk about our top three Walking into our top three today, we have an interesting one. We're going to do this in honor of Why the Last Man, and we're going to talk about movies or stranded movie characters, whichever one you want to hit on. Because I like, I know I never know anybody movie character real name. I just know the actor's name. So however you want to <laughs> phrase it, we can do it and have fun with that. Um, I'm going to start off because usually I let everybody go and I always go last. So I'll start off and jump yeah, off number treat one. Yourself, Jason. Yeah, yeah. So my number three, <laughs> yeah, treat myself exactly. Ooh, I get to go first. Uh, my number three <laughs> stranded character is going to be Luke Skywalker, the last Jedi stranded on an island, got away from it all because he lost his temple in Jedi Council. And, you know, that gives some synergy into what we're going to talk about later in this show as well. But yes, Luke Skywalker is my number three stranded person who liked to drink blue milk out of like an oh, order of some space. Yeah. 
walruses. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right totally a so, cheat. <laughs> yes. Oh, straight cheat color, right? I love it. I love it. Jaron, you're number three stranded. Uh, number three. So this this is this is the one that's a little rule bendy, but I'll explain it. Uh, my number three is Broke Down Palace. It's an older movie with uh, Claire Danes and a young Kate Beckinsale. Oh, yeah, they uh, they got tricked into being drug mules while they were traveling through Thailand, and they ended up in a White Thai Jesus. prison for years. Um, the reason I consider it stranded is because I don't think you have to be technically alone to be stranded. They didn't speak the language, and they were kind of ostracized while they were in that jail. So there was a stigma attached to them because they were drug mules and everything. And so the idea of even though they were surrounded by tons of women, they felt very, very alone. And then there's a divide between them because there is a, a question as to whether or not one of them knew what was going on. And so the only person that you can even have a conversation with all of a sudden hates you and vice versa. Talk about being stranded, even though you're surrounded by people. I thought that was a great movie and I enjoyed it. And I felt, I, f I felt through their acting, how alone they felt, even when the, the government wasn't reaching out for them and they had the one kind of shysty lawyer that may or may not have been helping him or just helping himself. So I dug it. I would assume I mean, it's always one person talk the other person into it. And I'd be so mad. <laughs> like, right. Well, <laughs> it's always interesting to me that you brought that up. Cause I was like, Oh Yeah. Kate Beckinsale actually used to actually be able to act very well. God, I forgot. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So, thank, thank you for reminding me of that. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> Her and Claire Danes, man, they did a great job in that movie. It was fantastic. So. Absolutely, absolutely. Jason, your number three. My number three is Sam from the movie The Night Eats the World. It is a Ooh. French zombie movie where a young man has woken up after a party and finds that the zombie apocalypse has broken out, and he is left alone inside his apartment complex and must fend for himself while the mm. zombies around him are howling and bang for his blood. It's a really clever movie. Uh, you know, a lot of these zombie movies can get very tropey. There's always characters that do dumb shit in it, and he's like, yo, I don't know why this person, but this movie, this guy pretty much is like, oh, okay, I see where he's coming from and how he's, you know, he makes mistakes, but it's not like, this guy's a fucking moron. How did he, you know, survive this? He's failing up. No, it's none of that. It's God. really good. It's it's really just him in this building by himself, and he has to carry this whole entire movie for the most part. And it's really really good. So yeah, I'll, Sam. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, I have to say, I think it's the world. I think it's on Netflix. The only thing worse than having to stand up and face the zombie horde is doing it while you're hung the fuck over. That sounds absolutely <laughs> yeah. horrible. Yeah. It's like, oh, shit, I don't got it. <laughs> Just, oh, I a, no. I need some um, Advil, maybe some orange juice before I even like, think about it. You guys it. growl a little quieter, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> He's trying to be reasonable with the zombies. I'm trying to take a nap. <laughs> oh, that would be great. That would be great. Um, so my number... Two is I think I, I did a try to find like the most obscure cheating ways I could do things, but I'm gonna just keep it real. My number two is Chris Washington, I believe his last name was in the movie Get Out. Is my number two stranded movie. I mean, what's more scarier than being a brother? And he a dark skinned brother. He ain't one of them light bright cats. <laughs> he a dark dark skinned brother. Stranded <laughs> with all these white folks, and then the only black folks you got there. Acting real suspect, man. That just scared me. How many times has happened to you in your life? How many times oh, has happened tons. to you in your life? 
Oh, <laughs> going to a white school like, and marrying a white woman. Oh, yeah, it's a lot. So, I don't know if this is. But it was like, oh, they just hypnotizing jokers? Woo! Because I thought a lot worse. So, <laughs> so yes, my number three, and my number two, excuse me, was going to be Chris Washington. I think, I know his first name was Chris, but I, I want to say it was Washington uh, for Get Out as a, my number two stranded movie and movie character, man. All right. All right. Jaren. Uh, number, two? number two interesting that jason went the zombie route because i also went the zombie route um for one of mine at least uh there is a korean zombie movie called i mean it's called alive i think it's called oh Hashtag i was gonna alive. mention that that one's so awesome yeah and uh we got our boy and he is stuck in his apartment during the zombie apocalypse um and he kind of has i mean it's one of the most I feel like realistic reactions to the zombie apocalypse. He's like, fuck it. I'm just going to stay indoors and try to wait this shit out. I mean, and you know, for the most part, he does a good job with it. He discovers there's another person in an adjacent apartment across the way. Hilarity ensues a lot of blood, a <laughs> lot of death, but, um, but yeah, uh, definitely stranded. Uh, I thought that, you know, even though he's still in the middle of like a city center of a major town, you know, he is very much alone until he meets one other person and then they both become stranded together. So, he, like, play video games for like the first two days, he just sits there and plays. <laughs> yeah, just fucking chill. Yeah. Until the power goes off. Yep. It's really sad too. Oh, he's trying to text his parents and stuff. And, oh, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I mean, like I said, it's a phenomenal movie. I, I dug it. It was it was a kind of a, a refreshing kind of look at the zombie apocalypse genre, and I dug it. So, all right, Jason, for my number two, two, since it's fall, it's time with the basic bitches with your UGG boots and your pumpkin spice spice latte, mm, pumpkin spice. scarves. I'm gonna go for a basic pick and go for uh Wilson the volleyball. From Castaway, <laughs> <laughs> I have never cried over so an inanimate object in my life, except in that movie when he was floating away. You oh, best man. believe every single person in that theater was fucking crying over a fucking volleyball. Mm. Wilson, the volleyball, best <laughs> supporting character <laughs> of what 2001, <laughs> right? Right, yeah, it was a while ago. <laughs> that, that that's good, that's wonderful. <laughs> I like that choice. I'm about yeah. a lot. <laughs> so um, finally Wilson's getting his his due. His he's credit. finally getting his due. He's always right. been overshadowed by that Tom Hanks guy. Oh. And his acting. <laughs> yeah. So uh let's see. My next walk, that's my last, my number one stranded uh character or movie is I'm gonna go. I guess we can go either two or four, but I'm gonna go uh Mad Max. Mad Max is my number one stranded movie character or movie, especially, I mean, more the second and the fourth, less of the first and the third. But those two, definitely, he he's out there trying to live his best life, doing it all by himself, and, and, and chaos ensues, as always. So, yes, Mad Max would be, or just Max, would be my number one stranded character. In, in my head canon, you see what I did there? I just feel like they're just stranded in Australia and the rest of the world's just fine. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And yeah, I was like, yeah. oh, don't it's, go to fucking Australia. That it's place just, is wild. Yeah. It's just Australia. Yeah. It's just Australia. The rest of the world is just like fucking, they got, we're landing on the fucking, we're living on the moon and Mars right. and shit. And, and like it's Star yeah. Trek and it's just Australia. It's like, we're going for the guzzoline. Yeah. My blood is gasoline. <laughs> 
<laughs> you think we should see all, you know use the, the boats and go to those other continents? Blasphemy. <laughs> oh, that right. would be great. That would uh, be that, great. <laughs> I think that puts me my number one. Um yep. it's it's classic, it's throwback. Uh the original Japanese battle royale where they take all the bad kids and they kind of chuck them into death games, but they are definitely not allowed to leave. So, and they're, <laughs> they're definitely forced to be uh, participants in this. So I feel like there is definitely an element of them being stranded as far as that goes. You gotta, you gotta play to get out. So uh, they can't just quit it. Um, phenomenal movie. Uh, spawned a genre. I mean, other thing, a gaming genre is named yeah, after its namesake of the movie. Right. Yeah, so great Yeah, and it's just uh, uh phenomenal to see, you know, Ooh, a bunch of petrol kids get got. So. Your broke, but you know, broke down palace was. I don't think it was a stretch. I think that's pretty well. I feel like this is more of a stretch than that one. <laughs> oh yeah, like all through all through battle royals relationships. Like they, that's part of the heartbreak of it is that and, and technically they're not they stranded because there are I mean, people who know where they are. Yeah, <laughs> like the government yeah. knows where they are. <laughs> They're just like, you got to kill to get out of here. All right, but it's fine. Fine, fine, fine. fine. No, it works. <laughs> it works, it works, Jared. Yeah, it works. But I was like, I think that was a bigger than the other one. Like, because I'm like, yeah. but no, I, I love Battle Royale. Like, everyone, yeah. everybody talks like when the Hunger Games fanat, you know, like phantasm like, of all the, this is the, the greatest ripoff of, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were like, oh. And I was like, have you ever seen Battle Royale? They're like, no. And then when I said it was subtitles, they were out. So well, there's right. a lot of people that just rather just be like, nah, I'm good. Battle Royale wasn't starring a white girl, so obviously yeah. it's not as good. Yeah. Facts, facts. Oh, man. Boy, how do I miss these things, Jason? Good thing you're here for me. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of those Battle Royale type shows, mm. I said it last week. I finished uh, Squid Game. Fucking great. You should mm. watch it. Somebody else, yeah. yeah, somebody else outside of our 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 podcast had mentioned that's the internet. Yeah, <laughs> at large, I watched like the first thirty minutes and fell asleep because I was tired as fuck. But it was good. It was, it was bloody too. I was like, oh, this is pretty good. And Jason, then I fell asleep. And, you fell yeah. asleep there and something? No, no, yeah. I mean, <laughs> who, who would have thunk it? <laughs> this one was legitimate sleep. It was like eleven thirty oh. at night, and I'm oh, like, I was like, that's yeah, fair, fair, fair. fair. Uh, all right, all right. My number one. Is a Mr. Doctor Mark Whitney from The Martian, played by Matt Damon. Matt Uh, Damon, a great fucking movie all around. You know, even you know the ancillary characters, fucking Donald Glover, Kristen Wiig, all those people were great. But just to have a protagonist who's like, "I'm going to figure this out with science," (laughs) and that's how he figures this shit out. And that's how they win in a movie, in a major blockbuster movie, is how they win with actual science. It's great. I love, I, I watched, I made my kid watch that movie and made him do a report over it. That's nice. how I watch it. Nice. <laughs> I love that. So, yeah, yeah Mark Whitney from The Martian. That's awesome. That is a, man, that is a great one. That's a great one. Cause, yeah, there's definitely a huge stranded scenario there just because, you know, if you don't fucking figure this out, you did. Yeah. <laughs> And it's like and not like anybody's that, coming that, to get you because you're on another fucking planet. Yeah. <laughs> and his poop potatoes, man. Yeah, that's that was a good one. I will admit, like you know, we're going to get, and hopefully everybody does comment below. We're going to get a lot of people like, "How come you didn't do this movie? How can we do this movie?" And I'll admit, I think we all tried our best to not to take the usual suspects and tried to kind of twist it. So 
maybe eventually down the line we will have a part two of this, mm-hmm. which will probably all of us have the same answers and be like, oh, we yeah. didn't do a good job this time. So comment below. Like putting the naked children from the Blue Lagoon was probably a bad move. So I think Blue Lagoon, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that was definitely on my list, but I thought that was going to be a, a grab for anybody. So I just I took it off. Yeah, not <laughs> Castaway and Blue Lagoon. I was like, obvious. No, can't do it. Not Brooke Shields. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Um, so yeah, comment below what is your favorite strand? If you had to do a top three stranded movie list, what would it be? Um, cool. I think you know, let's move on to the subject uh, that we finally grasped how to do this part of the show. Let's see if it continues for this week. Nah. We are going to jump right on into <laughs> nerd. I got a lot news. to say. News. <laughs> I'm going to let go, Jared go ahead and start off with one because, you know, he brought one up that I didn't have on my list, or oh. rather I chose not to. So, yeah. Jared, please give us uh, nerd, what, your nerd news. Well, uh, this week it was revealed that uh, the, 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 the movie franchise for Super Mario Brothers is finally returning to the big screen. They're going to do it with CG, and they have announced the cast, the voice cast. And instead of just, you know... I don't know, using act, actual voice actors to bring these characters to life that might sound like them or be, you know, even remotely close to what we experience in the video games. They've decided to go kind of Hollywood with it. And we have Chris Pratt coming in as Super Mario. Uh, he does say that he's going to at least try to not sound like himself and try to make an effort to sound like Mario. So that's great. Uh, we have Charlie Day coming in as Luigi, who is probably just going to sound exactly like Charlie Day because it's fucking Charlie Day. Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, Luigi on crack. Um, we got what I think might actually work out is Jack Black as Bowser. I think that's a great fit. Um, uh, way better than him is Claptrap. So, I mean, I think at least it fits. Uh, and then, of course, uh, also probably a good fit is Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong. So uh, we'll see how that goes. But yeah, thoughts? Right. <laughs> I mean, you took my one sentence was should have hired voice actors. I'll go to Jason. This is going to be <laughs> bullshit, but I'm going to watch it. It's going to probably be. Here. The original Super Mario Brothers movie was so bad that it made Nintendo not make a Nintendo licensed movie until what, two years ago when they made the uh, Detective Pikachu. That was the first time they were so upset by the resulting movie that they they said, nah, never again, which turned into like 23 years. All right. All right. And I'll take back over the mantle for the news. Uh, this one, um, I probably need a lawyer eventually to come and talk to us about this, but Marvel is suing the families and the states of a lot of the creators of their big star franchise characters, including... Iron Man, Hawkeye, Spider-Man, uh, Thor, Doctor Strange, and etc. So, guys, any thoughts on this? Okay, guys, if people don't know the situation, you have to read into it. So you say, yeah. the, the gist I got from this was that a copyright law after 35 years is supposed to be up and the rights will return to the creators. And the creators of these families of the states are like, yeah, this will come back to us, but you got to give two-year notice So before it's up. And they gave their two-year notice. Marvel is suing because they're they're saying that hey, when your families or estate made these characters, they were working under Marvel, which means they were workers for hire, which means anything they created under Marvel is Marvel's, not the sole creators. 
So you guys putting in your two-year notice for this copyright is amounting to nothing because they worked for us and we brought them. So now all that stuff works for us and you guys don't have a say to that. So that's the gist I got. I'd rather have somebody legal come in and explain it because I'm pretty sure it's way more detailed than that. But uh, Jason, your thoughts on that? Makes sense. This is kind of what Disney's been doing for years. So it makes 100% sense why they would do this. Uh, yeah. I was gonna, yeah, I was going to say, if there's one company on this planet that's been keeping like Mickey Mouse, you know, part of like ownership of Mickey Mouse in in direct defiance of copyright law for, for generations, it's Disney. So, yeah, they're, they're just, you know, doing their normal thing. All right. Uh, Dune has earned $36 million internationally at the box office. Um, I guess the only obvious? question I have for that, yes, uh, yeah, no, it's it came released <laughs> early internationally. Oh. I guess my only question for this is one, what do you think the American, uh, when it released America, what will it do? And then two, do you think Americans care about Dune? Jaron, your thoughts? I mean, it's a great, the original was wild, the book is great. Um, uh, America's surprised me a lot lately with how it doesn't like things that are awesome, so I don't know, we'll see. <laughs> Jason, thoughts? They already set Dune up for failure by releasing it at the same day for on a on HBO Max, so it's not going to do well in theaters. But people do care about Dune. Okay. All right. So the first league that I actually heard that geeks could join was the League of Legends. But hold up now, <laughs> Netflix is making a show about League of Legends, and it's going to be a CGI show called, excuse me, where do I have it here? Da -da -da, Arcane. So they're having a show called Arcane, but they only had the trailer releasing on September 26th, not actually saying when the show was releasing. Uh, Jason, any thoughts on League of Legends, the CGI animated show? The trailer looks pretty awesome. Looks pretty good. I don't give a shit about League of Legends. I'm not that kind of nerd, but uh, it looks pretty good, so I'll, I'll watch it. Jaren? Yeah, no, I. The, it looks amazing. I, I actually texted you guys the trailer because I just happened upon it this morning. Um I don't know anything about League of Legends, uh, but I have a board game that's really fun that's based on League of Legends. And now I'm probably going to be a fan of this, if it's a movie or a show or whatever it is, that it's also League of Legends. So I'm basically going to do everything except play the game and be a fan of the series or the, <laughs> or the world. Like I am with The Witcher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, right. All right. Next article and things the news. Netflix no longer has to live in a home with a bunch of old people because Netflix got the golden ticket. They have the adaptations for Robert Dial's books for Charlie and the Chocolate, Chocolate Factory, Matilda, James and the Giant Peach, and etc. They have earned all the rights to all of his properties, so Netflix will put those into series or other movies. Jason, you already frowned up your face. Thoughts on Netflix winning that ticket? Netflix is, is hot or cold, and I don't know if they will be hot on this. <laughs> <laughs> Jaron, your thoughts? Of all of those franchises or those books, uh, I think I'm most excited about seeing somebody revisit and do a good job with a Matilda. I love those books growing up. So there's more than Matilda, right? I don't fucking know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Matilda. Yeah, 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 yeah. Look, so yeah. unless they bring back Danny DeVito, didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> my daughter, actually, my daughters love that Matilda movie. Like way more. Yeah, it was great. I'm just. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> um. James Bond has hit the Me Too movement because the director of No Time to Die mentioned how 
the previous James Bonds, especially Sean Connery's one, is a bit rapey. And he said it's kind of hard to write this character in the Martin Day where it's not being a bit rapey. So what are you guys' thoughts on James Bond being a bit rapey back in the day, Jaren? <laughs> oh, um, yeah. Uh, there's obviously the world has, has progressed in general in our feelings about whether or not, you know, <clears throat> on, on – uh, I don't know the approach that men take to uh, there was there was a whole period back in the day where uh, if the idea was if you were persistent enough, you would win over the girl's heart. And I think that's that is just an old idea and it needs to die. Uh, so, yeah, um, I'm I mean, like everything, it needs to progress with the world for sure. Mm -hmm. All right, Jason. Yeah. Sean Connery's Jane Braun threatened to get a girl fired unless she kissed him. So, yeah, that's not the yeah. That's crazy. I mean, and, and Sean Connery in real life, like and Sean Connery cool also a bit rapey. Yeah, yeah, he was cool with smacking women. So uh, yeah, get the fuck out of here. Maybe it's uh, life or imitating life in that situation. Uh, so uh, let's go ahead. That's the end of nerd news, guys. Thank you. We did a great job nerd there. News. I am so proud of us, man. Uh, let's we jump into it. our first review slash recap of the day. We're gonna do Marvel's What If. Thor, we're an only child, dot, dot, dot. So this one takes the adventures of Thor. Odin decides not to adopt Loki and send Loki back to his folk. And Thor, Thor grows up in this world without Loki as his brother. And shenanigans literally ensue from this point on. Jaren, your thoughts on this episode of What If? I mean, it definitely wasn't my favorite. Um, I thought it was all right. I, I don't I don't really have much to say about it. Um, the idea, I think they're... You know, there's there's always the uh, the idea that people are defined by the the conflicts that they grow up with. So, taking an antagonistic, you know, brother out of the equation, you end up with a shittier Thor, obviously. So, yeah, I can see that. Jason, your thoughts on uh, Thor? Uh, when Thor was only child, I kind of like this Thor better than the regular Thor. <laughs> 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 like yeah, he was a, he's a, a party animal who just was like hanging out and having fun. But like, the universe is a much better place because of it. <laughs> like, the Bifrost <laughs> is still there. Frigga is still alive. Like, you know, Loki is not the world-ending antagonist. He's actually a nice guy. There's peace amongst the universe. It's like <laughs> this Thor is a better oh. Thor without doing anything, <laughs> just by partying. And he solved solved the universe by partying. It was it was. For me, it was just a fun little silly episode yeah. uh, just to see, like, Thor just partying and solving things through party. And I actually liked uh, Captain Marvel in this. Uh, you know, she was the wet blanket, but she was, like, yeah. having fun along with this, too. It was it was, it was was good. I, yeah. I enjoyed this. She was definitely used to great results in this one. Yeah. yeah. I will Far better than an say this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll say this. And it goes, uh, yeah, so Jason's a great all day. And I was going to say, wow, I actually like Captain Marvel in this. Way more than like than anything else, which I thought was great. Um, I never thought about Thor being the Indiana Jones of the Marvel Universe, where if he just didn't do shit, <laughs> shit wouldn't just happen. Yeah. Now that you said that to me, it changes my whole perspective on Thor. Uh, <laughs> so thank you for enlightening me on that. Uh, I thought also, too, this one, I didn't mind it, but I felt like it was in that. It fell into that trap of trying to be too much of what it was, and it was like, Hey, get every single character we can get from all over the universe <laughs> to make cameos in this episode because you know the Marvel universe is connected. Uh, Whether it makes so sense or not, I did feel that. 
Yeah. Right, right, right. I did feel like that was kind of because it made it seem like now that okay, if Thor didn't have Loki, all the people that were bad were no longer going to be bad anymore. Like, so how did he have a yeah. butterfly fleck to make like Nebula like a good person? Like, it just how, seemed like everybody was just cool with everything now. Like, how did the Grandmaster escape the car or or <laughs> or how did Howard the Duck get out the collector's <laughs> collection? Yeah. Like, none of that was Thor's fault. <laughs> like, that yeah, was yeah. already right. done. <laughs> And then also, too, I thought about this, and I know you guys hated it and didn't probably finish it, but I felt like this episode, like, ripped off the MODOK episode of, like, the party turtle alien things he brought into one episode. And, like, the biggest thing was that they would make everybody party, but the parties would be to the... They would make everybody party till they die, basically. And they were killing planets because they were making everybody party till they die. Like, I felt like they literally ripped this one off. It was like, oh, except for we're bringing his mother. But... I didn't mind it as much because I'm pretty sure no one saw the Modoc series. Like you guys didn't yep. finish watching it, so no, it was perfectly wait fine. Wait a second, there was a Modoc series. Did I miss <laughs> <this>? Exactly. It's <laughs> about right. So yes, I, I did. Right. So I did enjoy. Uh, I did enjoy that again. It had a little twist there, and Jane and like you know how the duck getting some action for once in one of the the Marvel what if situations. So that was pretty dope. But uh, I mean, like you said, this one is definitely going to be forgettable. Uh, I guess the bigger question here is on everybody's mind. What did you think about them kind of really making Captain Marvel like extremely stronger than Thor? Or is that something you guys were fine with? Or did it bother you? Because I know there seemed to like be a lot of little outrage about that. Um, felt right to me. I am also, not, Howard uh, Duck, speaking of problematic old movie characters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only, I'm not a huge raging misogynist, so it doesn't really offend me that a woman is stronger than a man. So, right. yeah. unless she's stronger than me, then that does offend me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right the book. Well, I think the controversy is more they thought that a power scaling wise that Thor was like on some kind of similar level as Captain Marvel, where this show actually showed that, you know, like, Captain Marvel Where's seemed to be. Way stronger, it was just more like she was holding herself back. Yeah, I feel like they were still kind of on the same level. That, but if Captain Marvel really turned it up, she would probably beat him. And I feel like that's fine. It doesn't seem like Thor, into my mind, doesn't really seem like he's not like Superman, even though I guess they would be technically on the same level. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, most of his powers, I mean, even though he does have the internal lightning powers, most of his powers really come from the hammer, like that's how he focuses his power, right? So, right. Yeah, yeah even in the MCU, they I mean, even in the movies, you had Captain Marvel just like just straight up grabbing Thanos and holding him back by his hand and his arm and stuff. So I mean she always looked like she was a beast comparatively. Yeah. Well, I guess people's argument a little bit, but people's argument is that the the, the Thor that faced Thanos head to head was a way out of shape, not in his prime <laughs> kind of fighting ability. Well, he Thor. just lost an eye. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, <laughs> his depth perception was all off. Yeah. He can't, he can't well, range punches if you guys. He's throwing just, hammers too. Just, I mean, the, the piece of belly probably was more the issue they were referring to, less of the eye and <laughs> the depth perception. <laughs> I mean, if yet, I mean, I guess he did have two eyes when he threw the uh, Stormbreaker at him and yeah, yeah, hit yeah. him in the head, which is like, come on, dude, don't yeah. gloat, just kill the dude. Yeah. <laughs> Down for the head. All right, well. Hopefully, I mean, we got what, what two more episodes left of the, uh, what if I believe uh, for season one? I think, so. Is. I think so. Uh, All right, well. cool thing at the end of, of this episode was that the watcher was like, Oh, shit, what's going on? Okay, this is weird. When uh, Ultron shows up, <laughs> oh, it's like, Ultron, oh, yeah, <laughs> the, the Ultron, the, the vision Ultron that Ultron wanted to be, like, yes, yeah. 
So yeah, maybe that hints cool. into something more. <laughs> yeah, which yeah. I thought was kind of cool touch that like you know Vision was in the the Ultron looking armor, but uh, remember Ultron Vision was took trying... some of his look from Thor. So the right, fact yeah. that like he was yeah, a part yeah, of it. I thought that was yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, well that should be fun. I mean, we'll see how this wraps up. Marvel usually always seems to give us something worthwhile, but definitely for their ending. So we'll go from there. All right, let's jump into our series or show review here we're going to talk about why the last man and jason is already warming up his hand so if you did not know this series is on fx you can also catch it on hulu it takes place in a world where all the men have suddenly died and they have not really oh sorry go ahead all the people with y chromosomes let's be correct here have died they're still all the men that all the men in this world have died and they're trying to figure out why and what's going on? Because uh, uh, again, to my knowledge, maybe I missed it. Like I don't think they realized the Y chromosome thing yet, right? Oh, there's no, still trans men there. They did. Well, I know. Yeah, the, but I'm the, saying like they didn't. They didn't the figure that part out, right? The president the, brought it up. The yeah. president brought it up. Oh, that everybody with the Y chromosome died. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, I maybe when I missed she, that part. I when she know. was explaining it to her son when they after they reconnected in like episode four or three or four. It's like, well, no, they couldn't have understood because if she knew that, then she would know why her son was alive. Then they still we're ruining everything right now. Oh, yeah. So let's just <laughs> let's just join the review, and then we can have that battle once we get on the other end of it. Jason was warming up his hands. Uh, yes, everybody with the Y chromosome has died, which I don't think is known yet. But let's say it's known yet, and we'll go from there. Jason, your thoughts on why the last man? <laughs> why? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I like shows like these. I like these kind of apocalyptic shows. I like, you know, being in scenarios where it's like, what would you do if you're in this situation? I think there is so much here that is interesting beyond personal melodrama. <laughs> like, uh, uh, we were talking about this the other day, like, Agent 255 or 355 or whatever her name is. Let's just call her yeah. Sarah. Fucking Sarah, yeah. awesome. <laughs> you know, probably yes. like, she makes Michonne look like a, you know, like she doesn't know what she's doing. Right? The president <laughs> of the United States, you know, seems like a reasonable, level-headed, loving, caring mom who just happens now to be the president of the United States. You know, she seems like she understands her faults and her 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 limitations. She apologizes when she knows she's wrong, like she did to her husband in the beginning of the of the series. Mm. You know, finding a way to like get society started when there's kind of like a no-win situation, that's very, very interesting to me. Yeah, the fact that she tackled it instead of just saying, yeah, this, I'm out. You know, trying to find a way to get the the one nuclear scientist left to, you know, get out of their depression to help rebuild, you know, nuclear power plants, that is yeah. a really cool, like, idea. And that's really, in, in this show, like, you know, finding that doing those things about, you know, keeping society together, is really, really, really cool, and I really, really enjoy that stuff. Now, <laughs> the stuff <laughs> that right. I don't like is the shit that the show is actually about. Fucking York is the worst. <laughs> he is literally the worst person ever. And Capital W. Capital W. Like, you know, I get that you, you know, it's cool to have a uh, protagonist that does, like, you know, in the usually in the hero's journey, the protagonist starts off not wanting to do something, right? And then you know, get gradually, you know, grows to the occasion. 
fucking New York is not that dude, man. He's just like, I don't give a shit about none of this. I want to find my girlfriend who walked out on me and didn't even come back to check on my fucking dead body. And even yeah, to get man. fucking clothes. Like, that's all he cares about. And it's like, that bitch don't even, she was trying to leave you, dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> when you proposed to marry her, her problem with it was like, I'm going to Australia to meet people. Meet other people, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she leaves that night and doesn't even come back to get a change of clothes, and you're sitting here worried about her rather than the future of fucking mankind, man. It's like, oh my god, it's just the and thankfully, I'm I'm sure they, they meant this character to be as whiny and obnoxious and unlovable. That's part of the writing, and they've done a wonderful job. Thankfully, Agent 355 finally calls him on his bullshit. I love mm-hmm. and like literally said to this dude what every single probably black person in the United States wanted to say to an entitled white guy, like to his face. Mm-hmm. But then she just kind of drops it because he's like, huh. and I'm like, oh god, I want this guy to fucking die. World's over. Who gives a shit? Fucking kill this dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got a very Luke Skywalker whiny kind of aimlessness to him, doesn't he? Yeah, but at least Luke Skywalker gets better. Yeah, it may take him a movie or two, but he gets better. I mean, the first four episodes of the shit, he has not gotten better. But he's fine compared to his fucking sister. His sister is the absolute garbage bag, garbage trash dumpster fire of a human being. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. (laughs) any character around her would do good by putting a bullet in her head and just letting her die. She <laughs> got away she... with murder. Yeah. <laughs> or manslaughter, I guess. I don't know. It wasn't premeditated. But... It's it's not premeditated. Firstly, first and foremost, for all people listening, you know, I don't care who you are, male, woman, wh- whoever you are, you have not the right to put your hands on anybody. Okay? Don't put your hands on anybody. If you're upset with them, you get upset, but you have not, not the right to throw anything at anybody. You have the right to put your hands on nobody. Okay? This bitch puts her hands on people. <laughs> and then, because she doesn't want to talk to her fucking mom, who's the president of the United States, has pretty much doomed her friend to, like, living a shitty life and dying because she doesn't want to fucking talk to her because her mom is going to tell her truthful things about her, that she's a fucking sociopath and that she's a terrible human being. And it's like, Oh god, I can't I can't stand characters like that. I, I know this is what they want to present that you know she's not gonna be likable, maybe down later down the road she's gonna be a better character or whatever, and she's gonna yeah. come rise to the occasion. But right now it's just like the, every scene with her in it just drags this show so much more down. And it's not <laughs> the actress's fault, it's just the way the character's written. And it's so yeah. horribly like you are facing like starvation, your friend who needs medication to to maintain their their lifestyle and you don't want to go to the one person that could help you with all this. And even if you like, and in my mind it's like, okay, if I don't even like my parents, I can just like get there and be like, okay, I don't want to deal with you. I can fuck off somewhere else. Right. Mm-hmm. But you know, she doesn't even let her mom know she's alive. Doesn't <clears throat> even let her like nothing <laughs> like, and like her mom seems like a nice, loving, caring person <laughs> maybe right, a little bit right. you know enabling but like she's not like abusive you know so it's just uh those two characters which primarily is what the show is evolved around is just it they drag it down so much and i 
I can't. I, I probably will still continue to watch it, hoping they'll get better. But, oh, God, it's just a chore. It's such a chore. <laughs> and I'm done. Yeah. All right. Uh, Jaren, do you want to jump in? Monkey too. Yeah. A <laughs> couple things. Uh, Agent 355 or Ashley Romans is the high point of the show. She is phenomenal. Um, the introduction to her where she just blows up all those white supremacist piece of shits was fucking phenomenal. Absolutely loved it. From there, from that point on, I was like, man, I want to see what happens to her. And she <laughs> is awesome. Um, I disagree with Jason. I mean, yes, the sister is a piece of shit. Yes, she's made some bad decisions. I don't think she's made as bad. I don't think she's like Jason's painting her out to be like the Joffrey level unlikable, and I disagree with that. She's not (laughs) quite there. Uh, And and I and the scenes with her, uh, I think there is a good there is a good drama there. I I like it. I like and plus I think you know she's 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 all she's kind of cute. So that probably helps for me at least. I knew knew it was going to come eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, Well, what can you do? (laughs) I'll be I'm nothing if not consistent, right? Um, yeah, and uh, I, I've gotten to I haven't watched the last episode yet that's available, but I'm about to right after this podcast. But um, I'm excited. I like the the B story with the super Karen that's stuck in the White House, the uh, ex president's daughter, um, mm-hmm. and then the uh, the chick that wakes up with brain damage that's technically supposed to be in line for presidency, even though she is described as somebody that brought a gun to a spin class and is anti-vax and, you know, just just the worst kind of like alt-right individual. I'm very excited to see how that plays out because I haven't seen it yet. And I'm really excited to see how that goes because... Darren, I got to ask you a question. Your, your roommate your, are, are lawyers, right? Yes, yes, yes. Um, this is this is the thing that that I, I'm wondering about, like actual real world. You know, if someone mm-hmm. is incapable of performing the duties of the president during the line of succession, then you know, they're not. And they, then they're not. Yeah, they don't then really do. have a legal right to claim presidency after they are. It's the the uh, as I understand it, the right is theirs, but they have to. They will have to defend themselves if people bring up credible reasons for them being uh, unfit. To, to hold office, they would have to defend that. So I mean, they were she wasn't there for like three months or however long it's passed, right? And also, they kind of built the idea in the like, hey man, you get brain damage possibly, you know, yeah, like he's been in a coma for like yeah. <laughs> six months right. or whatever. So in, I, in I was like, yeah, that's that's only only thing I would I would that's I like that's Which, interesting to me as well. It's like yeah. that whole legal battle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably going to see. I haven't seen that part yet, but uh, I'm assuming it's it's coming, or it might be an old fashioned like you know high noon. <laughs> they both. I mean, split honestly, off. She, the the president of the United States got rid of their best asset by helping having it her go with uh, York rather than like figuring this. Hey, call her back. Like, yo, I need you in Israel. Like, y- you know what? Yeah, <laughs> just hey, get a pillow. Hey- Make it over yeah. her head. Yeah, make, make her chopper go down too. I knew <laughs> she was gonna kill those pilots. I didn't as, know how she was gonna do it, but as I mean, soon as those girls were like, Well, we know, right? What do you we gotta tell people? And like, y'all were dead. Y'all should have kept yeah. y'all should have just been like kept whatever you need up. me to do, I got you. Yeah. <laughs> from the moment, from the get-go. And they should have probably seen it coming. Like, I thought she did a good job of buttering them up with those medals of honor or whatever, but <laughs> Come on, but yeah. So uh, yeah. far, I'm en- I'm enjoying it a lot. 
Uh, every time uh, Ashley Roman's character is on screen, though, I'm much more attentive. I'm enjoying it more. And I'll, and and when when the other characters, I guess, yeah, I, I guess the one it is with the sister is probably the slowest or when they focus on the president's aides and their side story, I'm like, ugh, let's get to something better. So that, so yeah. Oh, that poor ginger. Oh yeah. <laughs> can't, can't, miss can't find a home. Uh, yeah. I, I, I could drop that B plot out completely and be just fine with it. But, uh, hopefully that yields something of interest at some point because so far <laughs> nothing. <laughs> All right. Her kids get tired. All right. Um, yeah, I mean, you guys have said a lot. So let me – one, I don't think they know the chick is brain damaged yet. So I think that's just been an assumption because of all she's been through. Her cognitive skills for the brief scene seem that she probably wasn't because she visibly understood that she's supposed to be president. So yeah, like no matter way. how jacked up in her brain she was, she knew that for some reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, two <laughs> – I think I'm more on Jason's side that the sister's a horrible human being because she literally sabotaged the car so that yeah. old boy couldn't do it. She could have just said, hey, I don't want to go. I'm going to stay here. But there's the car. Have at it. And when you get there, you can call me and I can tell my mother I know you and we're cool or whatever the case may be. But no. Or go that. there, drop him off and leave. Yeah. You know? So, <laughs> but bad, yeah, she's a bad human being. Uh, York is an idiot. And the let me and let's go into him being an idiot, but why it bothers me that he's an annoying idiot. They it bothers me when he's an annoying idiot because you have set up from structure, from conversations, from everything going on that he's an efficient and intelligent human being. He's living on his own out there in the middle with, with a fucking monkey and is able to survive. Well, I mean, but they, they set that up. I mean, I know you're saying maybe, but no, he didn't look he was starving. He didn't like I mean, I wouldn't say food. he's intelligent, but he, he could definitely, but, he's capable, yes. He made himself yeah, sick. I mean, he, has to be intelligent to, <laughs> yeah. he had to be intelligent to be able to make it through this place, knowing that if he's found out to be a man, it's going to be issues that he didn't have any issues to what we know yeah, of you, to this you point. You are correct. So, outside outside then, of the Korean lady pointing a gun at him. But I'm saying, like I said, at the, to this point, and even yeah. he said, if I knew somebody was here, I would have went to a gap or something. So he understands yeah. that getting to certain places and getting what he needs is functional because of who he is. Then the interesting conversation with, with uh, Sarah or Agent 355 or whoever, when they talk about his name and his father being a Shakespeare teacher. So we have this, your mother's a Senate, uh, congressperson. Your father yeah. was a teacher. We have to assume it's you went to the best school, so you're intelligent. And then the ability to, because this is part of the writing, when she tries to bring up the quote, he finishes it. So that's something he's heard and understands. And yep. I know that moment was supposed to set up, oh, yeah, you know, you're named it the dead clown to yeah. presume like, hey, how he should be dead and kind of like he still has the immaturity mentally. But And I get the, the thing you're trying to do, but don't have him finish it because then you're showing again that he has some capable, competent skills about him. All you had to do to set that up was to be like him being agreeable because he understands what's on the line, but be like, oh, but I want you to find old girl. And his mother him hawing about it. And you could even made it so that he was like, once they got the plane, I mean, the helicopter went down, him be like, I don't trust any of you all. I saw what you did to your team. My mother's the freaking president. She couldn't find, she should have been able to find Beth like that. You refuse to do it. How do I know when I do this, you're going to let me go? And you could have set up a conflict that way. So he would have been competent, thinking his way of why he distrusts them. Instead, his competency is, I saw a chick that was dark skin with curly hair. Let me lose it all to go find this bit. What the hell are we talking about? Like, 
it, it's, you in it, the fucking it, face. It, it's just <laughs> terrible writing. And like I know you say, well, you write people like this to the no, no, this is bad writing. This is literally bad writing because we're you're, you're expecting us to buy into a character that's gonna grow to the point that he was willing to damn the whole world for a chick that left that, him. that wasn't that left him. right. Yeah. <laughs> To meet other people, it's no, it's no redeeming quality from that for me. And even with the sister, where they tried to redeem her, like, oh, I'm a doctor, and go, no, the only reason they're in that situation is because of you. You kept mm-hmm. going back to that house, so you couldn't even redeem her storyline because they're only in this because of your selfishness. So, and then <clears throat> the the redhead, the tragic redhead, as I called her, uh, bootleg <laughs> Judy Greer. That was my name yeah, for the whole time. I was like, oh, like Judy Greer. Yeah, that's a good one. That's, that's, a good that's one. mean oh. to say about Judy Greer. <laughs> oh, oh, again, no, so he's I love bootleg Judy, Judy Greer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's bootleg the good stuff. Yeah, she's right. the one you get at the barbershop. Kirk, like Kirkland brand. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I felt like Sam's brand Judy <laughs> Greer. <laughs> like, yeah, right. I didn't mind her story because, but I think having her story and the, the daughter story at the same time is counterproductive because I know one of the stories is supposed to show how the rest of the world is making it and living. So we get that comparison note. York is how the government, I mean, York is like the journey of saving. The the uh, Madam President is basically how the government is functioning. Like everybody has their section that they're doing. I think the sisters and the old chicks one is one in the same story. So I'm kind of glad they kind of, it looks like they're mashing them together. I think mm-hmm. works because like, I'm thinking that the daughter is going to be the eyes for all the other shit going on. Wow, you know, XYZ. So I get it. So I'm glad they did make that decision XYZ. right. XYZ. I see what you did there. Right. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Um, I just think, again, I think it's just you, these are your first three to four episodes. You got to kind of knock it out of the park. We know how programming goes. And I just yeah. felt like for the premise, it, it wasn't hard to knock this out the park. And they did not do a good job with this. And like, yeah. it, it bothered me how bad of a job they were doing with this. Um, is my thoughts on this why the last man i guess we will go around to our ratings um go ahead jason what are you rating why the like the first four episodes what are you rating this it's like season two of the walking dead where everybody just a fucking moron for no apparent reason <laughs> so at least they're moving yeah at least they're moving <laughs> season two uh, hang out in the buck and barn i'll give it a 2.5 i'm probably going to continue to watch this show just because i like stuff like this but mm-hmm. yeah, there's not like it's gonna be like it's not like a Titans level of hate, but there's still like an animosity <laughs> towards the show. <laughs> so I have a friend uh, named Jason. He hate watches a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> I like these concepts. That's what I like the concept of the show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Jaren, you you're rating on this? I'll be honest. I was the last one on board with this show. You guys had already watched a couple before I even started, and I am enjoying it. Uh, it sounds like I'm enjoying it more than you guys are by a fair amount. So I'm going to give it a solid 3.5. Get on it. Watch it. Do it. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm at a two. I'm at a two with it. And I, I'm like, Jason, I'm going to continue it because I, I feel like maybe this is going to get a little better now that they've kind of combined the storyline of two of the characters. But uh, I'm about one more dumbass decision away from being like, I'm good. Yeah, I'm if, good. If, like, if York keeps acting the way he's acting. Right. Not- growing and i know like it's supposed to be like a season arc of a growth but mm-hmm. if he can't like show signs that he's getting better then it's like why am i going to root for this dude like why i don't want drama for the sake of drama oh, i'm not rooting right. for him i'm I'm rooting for humanity 
<laughs> I'm rooting for the eventual survival of our city. Like, yeah, I was like, York, you need to go. You need to go start fucking dude. Let's go. <laughs> right, right, right. And babies and people. How close is this to comparison to the book, Jason? If you can give any insight oh, yeah. on that, I have not read it. I have I been. Oh, okay. I have. I have been aware of this for a quite a long time that this has been a, but I've not read it, so I can't oh. tell you anything. Okay. I'm sorry. Let's I've, move I've on to our next. Oh, you no, no, we <laughs> failed. Uh, let's yeah. go on to your next series here. We have Star Wars Visions, a uh, new show on Disney Plus. It is, was it nine, eight, nine anime nine uh, episodes? Eight. Yeah, between 13 to 17 minutes each. Uh, with all varying styles of different kind of anime um, for your likes and tastings. So let's go start off with you, Jaren, because you were the person that's going to give us the most light that you can give us yeah. for the ones you, you have seen. You yeah. don't like you don't like Star Wars. You don't like anime. What do you feel about this show? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm being put in a box here. I <laughs> I do enjoy certain animes, and uh, and yeah, I don't really like Star Wars that much. Um. Uh, I watched, I've gotten through the first five, uh, or almost all the way through the fifth one. So, uh, I can say that the duel was great. I loved the style that they, they, the approach they took to it, where they made it like an old Japanese, like cinema kind of projected on the screen. It had a little bump, it had a little fuzz in it and stuff. I thought that was great. Um, and they did a really good job taking very 3d modeled characters and kind of giving them a, a 2d look until the camera moves and they're perfectly proportioned and you're like oh that is they are cg okay um the so the duel was fantastic uh episode one episode two tatooine rhapsody was eh. i i mean it's fun to see another hut slither lizard thing or whatever it is like slug uh kind of doing his thing and being at at odds with jabba but I disliked how weird they made all the proportions. They looked like it was like Star Wars kids. Like everybody was kind of like, you know, two and a half feet tall. It was just, I didn't like the proportions. I didn't like the story. Um, you can't save the universe with rock. Apologies. Uh, let's, do this, let's do this since you're going this route through it. Um, Jason, your thoughts on the, the duel? Let's do oh, that. Yeah. And then we'll just go okay. through oh. this episode then. Since, I got you. Yeah. See, since you're breaking down the episodes, I was going to do that. After we gave our thoughts, but let's just go gotcha. ahead and break them down. And okay, uh, I love the duel. Jason, uh, the, the yeah, duel. I love the duel. It was yeah, stylized great. I love spoilers. We're getting to spoilers. I love sure. the fact that our our main protagonist in it was a uh, Sith. It seems, but a nice one for once yeah. in the in the history of all Star Wars. Uh, yeah, really cool. That really cool first little taste that got me inspired to watch the rest of this. And much like Jaren, I'm not a really big fan of the anime style, but this one. Um, this one was particularly good looking and a uh, great little story there. Yeah. And he was also, when he revealed all the Kyber crystals, like he had been clearly hunting other Sith. Other Sith. Yeah. 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 And he'd been it's doing really a good cool. job of it. And doing Maybe it he's lot. not a Sith. Maybe he actually is a Jedi. He just uses a red saber. Just, yeah. I just was going to just go walk into that. I'm like, look, I think the best thing about the duel is that we don't know what the protagonist is or isn't. We can make assumptions. Like, I can't even assume he's even hunting Sith. I think. Inquisitors and all that stuff for ruling the land. He's probably just taking his time and off and motherfucker because that just get in his way of just trying to be a peaceful dude. Like that could be true too as well. Uh, I did like the thought process of like you said, if he was a former Sith that was like, nah, I'm good. I ain't about that life no more. Or maybe saw his the body deteriorating. It was like, oh, this is what the dark side does. 
Yeah, nah, I'm good. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> so it could be numerous things. Um, I did like in the duel, one of the things I did enjoy, and I think this is what I enjoyed about Visions a lot, sprinkled through, is the little nods to things we know in the, the trilogies and everything. Like the part when they're on the log, the first thing I thought was, oh shit, she has the high ground. And I kind of giggled <laughs> to myself how goofy that is. And But yeah. it actually played a factor because when he shoots off the missiles, he sends the missile at her, and that allows him to overtake her, which the distraction caused him a, like almost like Obi-Wan Kenobi when Darth Maul had the high ground, a distraction kind of like. So, again, it was little things like that. I was like, oh, that's kind of goofy, and I wonder if they were in. When I watched the first one, I was like, I wonder if they knew that they were doing this or it just ended up happening in this way. But then as you watch the other ones, you start realizing a lot of the things they were doing intentional. So you could tell that the people who were creating these actually did have a love for Star Wars beyond just – making animation so uh yeah. i thought the duel was really good too um and that's one thing i like about pretty much all of these is that you know you can uh, if you a lot of times if you give someone like you know hey you can play in this universe they will probably like break it a little bit you know just to tell mm -hmm. them whatever fun story they want to do right and a lot of these they are like really really like it pretty much any one of these stories could just slot <laughs> right into the main line uh I feel like Without oh, wow. really, really breaking it too much. That's yeah, what I really right. kind of enjoy about this. But let's go on to the next well, one. Yeah, I mean, like, because you right. could have changed the Ronin in and made him uh, Obi Wan Kenobi in it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That and it works. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tatooine, Tatooine, Raspity. Um, Jaren, you were finishing up about that. You know, just yeah. you didn't like yeah. the character design and animation yeah. and all that one. Uh, I was just jumping. This is my least favorite one. I, I don't really care. I mean, it did make Boba Fett look more like a moron, like always. So it's whatever to me. Uh, <laughs> Jason, I don't know what your thoughts were on this one. <laughs> Only thing I liked about it was the fact that at the end, Jabba the Hutt was kind of tapping his tail along to it. I, yeah. I think the song was pretty cheesy. <laughs> like, right, right. they could have, I mean, maybe if we listened to it in the original Japanese, it would be better. Mm. But um, yeah, I, I also, this is not my favorite. Did I? Is it bad? I don't think it's bad in by any stretch, but no. it's definitely not my favorite. Uh, also, is that place where they played the concert? Isn't that the the pod racing place? Yeah, from... it's a pod racing place. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, I didn't yeah. know Jabba hung out there. I thought he was on a different planet. Or I'm something. sure if he's going to go see executions and games and a rock band, he will go there. Okay. Also, hang out uh, at his dingy that. little. So it's a venue. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, but also remember if you remember the prequels when Jabba, I guess, had some esteem. He he on the pot racing thing, Jabba comes out and waves uh, to the crowd and everything as they yeah. cheer. So it isn't unnatural for him to be in that spot. Okay. Um, I mean, he rules the party. It's his plan. Yeah, yeah. The most probably the most divisive one. Number three, the twins. Jaren, your thoughts on the twins? Okay, the twins. Um, Studio Trigger is phenomenal. They're a phenomenal animation house. Uh, Promare, Kill a Kill. They have a lot of great uh stuff under their belt. This episode was a batshit fucking crazy. I, they, they're like, rules? What rules? These motherfuckers breathe in space. This guy is going to survive a hyperlight jump on the outside of a ship. I mean, it doesn't make any goddamn sense, but it is fun to watch. Um, I thought it was, yeah, it, it, they just, they, no, they didn't give a fuck. They were like, we're just going to go fucking ham on this. The rules and storytelling be damned. And I mean, yeah, it you have to go into it not expecting for it to make too terribly much sense. And if you do, and you just look at the pretty, pretty colors and the drawings, you're going to have a great time with it. <laughs> uh, Jason, go ahead. 
Yeah, this is probably the one that is the most anime of all of them, I think, in my opinion, the most, you know, tropey anime. But yeah, with Sh- that shonen. This one yeah. is the most shonen one. Yeah. But with that, it's still it's yeah, Jaren hit him the nail. It's batshit insane and it's fun, it's bombastic. You got fucking characters, you know, on a fucking you know, X Wing swinging his lightsaber out of fucking Star Destroyer. It's nuts. It's yeah, it's yeah. all nuts and it's it's beautiful. It's fun. I yeah, I like this one. This was a great one. Yeah, um, I'm with you. And I said the most and I said it's probably the most divisive because yeah, it's the probably the closest to the shonen style where as you fight, people just seem to get stronger and stronger. <laughs> I want to again most of this my analysis of this whole thing is just pointing out gems that I really enjoyed in there. I did enjoy that they were created and born from the dark side. So again, another another call to the um the last one where Palpatine comes back and blah blah blah. So good call to there, Rise of Skywalker, that like they were already experimenting with building people out of quote unquote bad force or the dark side of the force. Right. So that was kind of cool. I did think that they basically did a shout out to the last Jedi, but did it way better with the hyperdrive uh uh <laughs> movie. Hold but on, like even that scene, yeah, yeah. And even that scene was oh. kind of ripped from there, but looked yeah. a lot doper. Um I did enjoy that he basically, in essence, and I, and I, I thought they should have leaned into this heavier, but they didn't, that in essence, he wasn't a good guy. He just realized that this crystal would corrupt his sister, so right. he wanted to stop that from happening. But I feel like the end, they kind of gave him a heel turn, and he made him like, oh, no, nah, you're really a good dude after all. But so I thought they should have kept them being, yeah, yeah. I still thought <laughs> they should have kept them still an a-hole, but just been like, for my sister, like, I'll do whatever it takes. Um, I did enjoy that. I did. Love the pretty much uh, Iron Spider s lightsaber. Yeah, yeah, just pretty, pretty crazy and dope. Uh, and then also for some people who don't know Star Wars mythology, there are like whip sabers that have been created. Oh. So to see that kind of be done was kind of dope. I mean, I don't know if they were officially calling it that, but it did resemble like whip sabers, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, so yeah, all in all, again, the twins was the first one where it kind of made me. I like, you know, uh, the duel, but this one made me sit up. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, they, right. they giving it up like this? Okay, let's go. <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely. Um, I also the like their – wait, I also like their, their stylized choice for uh, the main guy in Twins. It definitely looks like almost like a, a, a part-for-part recreation of Luke Skywalker as he was drawn on, like, the original – poster but like anime version like you the the blue eyes the blonde hair the whole thing i felt like it was like a, a genuine like one for one pull on the character type okay. at least the way he looked i thought that was cool all right we have next the village bride uh i'll jump this one off i did not mind the way it ended i i kind of wanted more of a slice of life kind of vibe on this one i kind of wanted the the Jedi to be less of a fixer-all, but someone that understood that things bad, bad stuff happens that not necessarily we need to be, quote-unquote, the hero for. I thought that was the vibe they were kind of tending to, and then it was like, nope, we still got to be the hero, which I didn't care for as much. But I did like everything up until that final scene. I like that they were seeing the culture and seeing that, like, people were actually living one with the Force, but not even realizing it because it's giving them everything. I liked all of those mythos going into it. I thought the ending was, hey, we got to do something because people are watching here for action, which I could have been perfectly fine without. But I, I, the Village Bride was probably the most, quote unquote, when people think of Asian kind of cinema, 
it was probably the most that felt that way to me. Um, what do you think, Jaren? I genuinely like this one. Uh, I liked it. It. Uh, I like the design. I like the style of it. I thought it was beautiful. Um, I like that. Uh, you know, people don't think about uh, the idea that uh, Han Solo ship, the uh, Millennium Falcon, or whatever. Uh, he uses it for smuggling, but other bad people probably rock that same ship too. So I like I the idea that, Millennium that Falcons, man. he definitely was. Yeah. Um, I like the idea that they had the, they had reprogrammed some of the droid army. So they had to have that antenna that controlled them all just like in the movie. So once that antenna mm -hmm. got exploded, they all just fell apart, which, you know, it is what it is. Um, I loved the, I mean, I liked the transforming shoe. I don't know what that was all about, but it was really fucking cool, which he moves really fucking fast with the force. I thought that <laughs> yeah. was dope. I mean, That's very, very anime shit. <laughs> yeah, super anime shit, but also like with that, that whole idea of the samurai thing where they just cut to the person already behind the other person and they're putting their sword back in already. And then the cut happens on the person in the blood and all that. Yeah, so I thought that was fun. Uh, yeah, I mean, I dug it. I, I enjoyed this one. Uh, I think probably it was probably it was up there for the ones that I've seen as far as top. It was definitely better than Tatooine Rhapsody. <laughs> all right. uh, Jason? Yeah, I like this one. I like this one was the fact that it was a little bit of a slower. Like, like I like the part that it was kind of like a slice of life for this planet that you know, this guy and his girlfriend are getting married and he has to carry up this fucking mountain. Talk about Which I'm like, yo, dude, y'all got no fat bitches out there, man. Well, they're, they're not, not getting, getting married. married. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be this is going to be problematic for people like because I I I'm a, I love you, but we ain't carrying your ass out there. <laughs> I can't do it. I'm sorry. Like like, like yeah, it was, we did, but didn't. <laughs> it was cool that she did the the fucking um the uh Kylo Ren catching the, the laser bolt thing, you know, when he mm -hmm. shot her, he, she she force catches it. That's always a cool fucking shot. They should always use that in fucking Star Wars from this point on. <laughs> like anytime there's a Jedi, he should catch a fucking bolt and stop it in midair every time. Yeah, I thought it was a cool I, I wish there was a little bit more action at the end uh mm -hmm. for me. Um but other than that, it, I still thought it was a pretty just a pretty nice little like nice episode. Just nice. Yeah. It's like, Right. Yeah, it's nice. All right. They also did that in the so, twins when he uh, stopped the uh, stun circle. Yeah, when he stopped ever. the stun circle too. Yeah, yeah. he did that. And I, that's always cool. Like, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's do the the ninth Jedi. Uh, Jason, what are your thoughts on the ninth Jedi? This right here broke me because I think it was so good. It made the last prequel. I mean. People can say what they want about the, pre the the sequel series, or even the prequel series, or even Star Wars in general. This could be its own movie. This could have been its own trilogy. This could have been something mm -hmm. different that could have gave us, and I would have been all here for this. Like it changes the lore on the on the Kyber crystals a little bit, but like in a better way, I think. Um, the crystal color changes depending on the person wielding the saber. So you yeah. don't just have a green lightsaber with a green crystal in it. If you pick up a saber, it's going to turn to whatever color of the force you were tuned to. So if you are a Sith, ain't no fucking hiding that shit. If you're like <laughs> a lightsaber, it's going to be red as fuck. And like, <laughs> if you're not as strong in the force, it's not going to be as strong as the color. But as you grow more confidence, it's going to get brighter. And I thought that was really, really cool. This this episode was, yeah, it was by far my favorite one. And I'm sad because it's a one-off and it's done and I want more because they ended it on a cliffhanger. <laughs> right, 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 right. 
Uh, John, I know you saw some of this episode. Talk speed. You want to speak? Yeah, what you saw? this is this is where I I, I stopped. Um, uh, I got to the point where the girl uh, is delivering the lightsabers up to the uh, the base in space. Um, and so I guess there's going to be a big turn about somewhere there. Um, I like this I one. Want <laughs> yeah. I want to spoil it. I mean, you know, it's not going to be the end of the world if you do. I'm not going to hate you or anything. But uh, this one, uh, I like the the style. Of the animation was good. Um, I like so if Star Wars takes place a long time ago in a, ga a galaxy far, far away, this one, I guess, just takes place like oh, a little while ago in a galaxy <laughs> far, far away. Because yeah. timeline, it feels like this one is like the most current. Like, because uh, they talk about the Je the Jedi Order being wiped out with that order. But then after the big fighting that happens with the Empire... And now the Jedi are like scattered and they've even outlived the last usable lightsaber. So the fact that they're kind of like rediscovering their roots sometime in the distant future seems it was an interesting concept from that perspective. So I enjoyed that. Um, but yeah, um, the fact that he grew up knowing that he was force tuned, but had never actually held a lightsaber, you know, I thought that was kind of cool. So, yeah. Um, um, can I spoil this, please? Because this is the <laughs> one scene that like just was like i screamed and i was like this is awesome you sure. have all these jedi that are gathered on this moon yep and they're all wanting lightsabers because they want to go out and help save the galaxy right when the lightsabers come in and they pick up their lightsabers almost all of them turn red when they ignite them oh except for the and dude it, who had it already except for the dude who had it already and yeah. and the young and the young boy that's up there and it was like just such a, a cool twist. I was like, ah! <laughs> like I squealed. It's it was twist. so awesome. <laughs> okay, okay. So they're all Sith. Undercover yes. Sith. Yeah. Or right. Undercover Sith. <laughs> or at least I think maybe Inquisitors or something like that. I'm, they're I'm, I'm assuming. They they were, yeah, yeah. The, the, like the, the rule of two still is prominent there. Um, yes, I, I thought I'm with you, Jason. I think I think I even said, like, this is what the, the last trilogy should have been about. We didn't need yeah. any Skywalkers. We didn't need any Palpatines. We could have just said, hey, these are people getting around and they're force sensitive. And this is what the First Order or whoever is trying to do to them. Uh, anyway, that I thought the cool thing about it was, like you said, like they did do the whole as you get stronger with the force, the color gets and et cetera. So I know for people who don't know much about Star Wars, typically is you would go to a place to get your Kyber crystal. And it was always the thing. And I forgot which episode of the Clone Wars. It's an episode even dedicated to this yeah. process. It's like so season see it, so. five, season four or five. Right. Yeah. So I, did it, I did it in a Star Wars MMORPG that I played. I had to go get my Kyber Crystal and, and do all that. Galaxies, shit. yeah. Right. So you go to newer one. get your Kyber Crystal, and the, the, the theory is that the crystal calls to you, and you call and you, you calls to you, you get it, and then from the materials of what you have, you build your lightsaber from that. If we have to believe that the force is a living thing and it's in everything living, etc., I like the twist on the thought process that, from what we know, the kyber crystals are very rare now at this point. That the force could be imbued through them to say, instead of us you having one call to you, you having one and being force sensitive allows you to manipulate the crystal. Because even being a Sith, technically, you infuse the crystal with dark with the dark force. That's what turns it red. So why would not be the reverse that if you infuse it with good stuff, your your crystal will turn whatever color you would want it to turn to that suits who you are, etc. So that was my head cannon for it. Why it worked that way to be like, oh, they're just imbuking it with good 
force, and that's why they, the color is. That's why he said, if you're not strong enough in the force, it doesn't have you a color because you're not able to imbue it with enough to change the color to what you want. So that's my headcanon with that one. Take it or leave it. Either or, I enjoyed it, and make, even me thinking that made me enjoy it way more to think that <laughs> that could be the future of how cobble crystals are done because now you'll be recycling cobble crystals to different, you know, if you build the order back. So why not have them be able to imbue it with whatever color kind of suits who they are so you can start off with a blue, but as you get more skill, oh, end up being green, or maybe if you become the ultimate lightsaber guy, because he definitely is, it becomes purple. And so, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so the knife, the knife Jedi, I definitely enjoyed. Um, let's move on to was it a uh, Toby? I, I, I called it Toby one, but T-O-B-1. Toby one, damn man. Yeah, is this, just, is, is this the one that looks like it's just Astro Boy, but in Star it Wars? It is just Astro Boy. Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Star yeah. Wars Astro Boy. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Stash Boy is the Asian concept. So, uh, Jason, your thoughts on uh, this one? This was a, uh, 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 this one I had to watch twice to fully enjoy. I had to mm. go back and watch it again before I was like, okay, I kind of like this sort of, sort of style. Um, yeah, it's like, what if your favorite little Pinocchio becomes a Jedi? And, you know, it's not like <laughs> anything groundbreaking or anything crazy, like, you know, mind shattering it's just like this guy this little robot believes that he's a jedi so he is hooray and it's just like yeah like i see your face and you're turning your your nose up and and like that's not it's not for everybody it's it's probably on the same par as you know that tattooing raspity or it's just like you know this really doesn't like change anything or it doesn't really like it's not really like that interesting of a story uh, other than the fact that the little boy you know, it sounds like from your description, all I'm thinking of is that conversation in the MCU where they're like, if he puts his hammer down in, in the elevator and it goes up, the elevator didn't lift the hammer. The elevator's not worthy. <laughs> <laughs> but I also, there's a cool twist where uh, the little boy is, uh, or the little robot boy is uh, wandering around his uh, his house because the scientist that he is, uh, that created him said, oh, there's a kyber crystal inside here. And if you want to be a Jedi, you got to find it. And he does eventually does find it because it's inside of him. He was a Jedi all along. And I cried. No, I didn't cry, but yeah. That was a little cool touch there that I thought. Was, was it Dr. Light or Dr. Wiley that told him he that? He could have been either because he looked like both. <laughs> I, I was just about to say that. That was going to be my first thing was, man, they definitely ripped Mega Man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> cool but I think Mega Man one. ripped Astro Boy. I think they. Yeah, um, he did. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool things in this one I did enjoy a lot was. Uh, when he was doing his robot thing with getting the lightsaber, the moment where he had like one of the, the things on one foot and he does the balancing act, which was very Luke on, on Dagobah with Yoda. That was kind of cute. I thought that was kind of cool. Like that his playing around was almost giving him Jedi training because they were giving him scenes and poses that were very almost iconic in like Luke's training as a Jedi. So I thought that was pretty dope. Uh, his father or, you know, his owner, or his creator, being a former Jedi, I thought that was pretty cool as well. Um, and I think maybe with Jason, I hit Jason. I was like, I thought only non-organics could be, only organic people could be force sensitive. Because, you know, when Vader loses limbs, they so supposedly limited his ability with the force. But this robot is, uh, which put a different spin on it because the kyber crystal was in him. So we know the force does run through those kyber crystals. So I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm still sucking if this works or not. But what I'm just going to say is that it was a, <laughs> It was a fun episode, and it wasn't that good of an episode for me to want to think that hard about it. So I'm just going <laughs> to roll with it. So <laughs> I just 
I'm just saying it's like the Pinocchio thing. He become he he manifests that he's a real boy. So because he thinks he's real, he now has the force power because he is alive. So gotcha. That's the way I think yeah. about it anyway. But yeah, it does it's not that great to be thinking this art about. <laughs> it's uh, just a cute little story. <laughs> right, right. The next one is the elder. Um this one's pretty dope, man. That that elder's gross, bro. That joke is nasty, nasty. But I thought it was a really good, like, again, former Sith was just, he's out there just for the thrill. He's out there for the thrill of the kill, and he finally met his match. But, yeah, Homeboy was gross. The way he even died was gross. Like, like, what were your thoughts on the Elder, Jason? (laughs) Yeah, this is a cool one. This this also could have been its own, like, movie or story or anything. It does not break canon whatsoever in my mind at least it's probably some uber fans like oh actually you know but no because uh this could have taken place um you know before the war so when sith have not been heard of and they found one that's like kind of is kind of is it uh yeah fucking (laughs) fucking great dude (laughs) that old guy was like yeah i'm just here to fucking fight shit let's let's get this on (laughs) (laughs) right right I don't care nothing about this good versus bad. I just like to kill, and this is what I'm here for. And I'm looking but for it also, <laughs> it also has a cool message about, you know, the passage of time. You know, the Padawan's going to get stronger. The Master is getting weaker. And that old man was at the end of his prime. And he just won the last challenge before he moved off of the Mortal Coral. And eventually, the the Master will be the old man, and the Padawan will be the Master. And then the cycle will repeat. And I thought that was a cool uh, message to that, that, you know. It just keeps on moving down the road. Keep That's on true. down, keep on down the road. And, and all this, too, I want to say, too, like, all the animation in this is, is a really, really it's just, good. Yeah, really, really like, they, 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 every studio that worked on this has has knocked it out of the park. And I guess that's what they wanted to do, you know? They're not going to phone this one in and send it to their overworked, you know, wage slaves to, to do these ones. These are all the right, bosses. Right. <laughs> And so the next one we have, what was it, Lope and Ocho? Yeah, Lope and Ocho. Yeah. Achi. Uh, yes, yes. Ocho. <laughs> go I ahead. Know. I guess you go ahead and, and, and spit on this one. What you thought on this one? Uh, this one is very culturally Japanese. Uh, they definitely live on a Japanese planet. Uh, it's really cool that the conflict usually, I, I guess it's this the conflict here is conservatism versus, I guess, a fascist, like, the uh the dad wants to conserve the peace of his of his home world while the daughter wants to uh join the empire and you know progress to you know whatever but she doesn't realize the empire is just using them for their own gains uh the bunny furry uh lope lopey whatever her name is uh <laughs> you know if you like that sort of thing i guess that's cool um I love the lightsaber that she is given, and I love how the Jedi were kind of built into as the lore of their planet. Uh, like their house was started by a Jedi. Like this, these things you can even see in their like iconography that they were, you know, have brought in these, uh, you know, that the Jedi sort of way has kind of like influenced their 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 family for so long. And I thought that was really mm-hmm. cool. And and yeah, and then there was a cool little fight scene at the end. I don't see how the the daughter survived that because she got like double slashed across the chest <laughs> right um <Yeah>. hopefully <laughs> but yeah this also could be a cool like a lot of these is like 
y'all could have made movies of this and like have given this shit to us and we've been all over here just like I mean we're gonna milk the fucking teat of Disney anyway but we'd be over here just like ah give me more of this ah. <laughs> uh yeah yeah it, it probably was the most cultural relevant one uh I did love the shout out to the lightsaber having like etchings in it like almost yeah, a samurai sword so cool. which is pretty dope like pretty much like a hanzo type of joint like i thought that was cool and like the sword being part of the family and like oh you're not part of the family but like he's like well yeah she is like that's your sister so yeah she could rock this sword too uh or this lightsaber or however you want to catch these hands pretty... <laughs> right 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 I, can, I thought that was pretty cool uh but yeah it's not much on here that i think of this one like i said i didn't think it was weak but I felt like the story, because of it being so cultural, was one of those things that it could be a turnoff for a lot of people if you're not up on how that flows. So, um, and then we have the last one. What is it? Uh, a a Kiriaka? A Kiriaka? Uh, anyway, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, you did well. Say this one, this one had the dopest ending, and I hope we get a season two of Visions because, and I don't, it doesn't have to follow these characters, but this ending was so effing good. <laughs> that I was just like, I mean, Jedi with PTSD. Then, like, he, he did Anakin the right way. Like, it just mm-hmm. was such a good ending. And, like, makes me even madder to be like, this is what you could have done for Anakin. You literally <laughs> could have gotten this off. And we would have believed it because of the scenario. And they did this. And we believed it because of the scenario. And um, I don't know if you want to further elaborate on it, Jason. Because, I, yeah, I just, great yeah. ending. Dope as hell. Uh, this is also why Sith suck. I don't understand why anybody wants to be one of those motherfuckers because they just manipulate <laughs> the fuck out of you and get you to do what they fucking want you to do and you harm you, the ones you love because of it. <laughs> but at least, you know, uh, Auntie Sith, I don't know the character's name, uh, she uh, kept to her promise for that. She's like, I can bring her back to life. Okay, if you be my, you know, if you join me, he's like, all right, all right, she's alive. You're a Sith now. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, let's walk it out. <laughs> even though I was, I was waiting on the planet. turn. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, I was waiting on the turn, but I'm like, damn, if dude's a Jedi, he really can't just flip on his word like this. He got to kind of roll it. He did. He, he wrote one. He's like, I get, yeah, right. yeah. yeah, so yeah, dope is that. Like, this episode was just, it's awesome. It was a cool ending, cool story leading up to it. Um, very, um, this one uh, also had very vibes of, um, you know, uh, samurai movies with the uh, two uh, guide characters, uh, which is also you know you know a common trope in Star Wars because they you know Lucas ripped off uh, every samurai movie he ever saw. So yeah, it's real cool. Yeah, it's Anakin's story done right. Like there's no whiny, you know I hate sand. Like he literally was like <laughs> his master told him don't go back there or it's gonna be bad for you. And he's like no, I gotta go back. And he goes back, and guess what? It was bad for him. So, yeah. so it was really cool, and you know, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed all this shit. All this was great. Like, please do more of this. <laughs> right. Less of the other thing, more of this. Yeah. Less, less resistance, more of this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, what would you give your rating, Jason, of the whole thing? If you had to, which is hard because they're all they don't they're not connected. But if you had to rate the whole thing, what would you give it? I would give it a five. If you are a Star Wars fan, this is required viewing. Absolutely. Uh, Jaren, for the ones you have saw. What, what the one I've, yeah, for the ones I've seen, I definitely give this a 3.5. I know that's been my rating, apparently, 
for both this like, week. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah, there, there's some great stuff in here. Uh, I don't know if I'm as excited as Jason is about it, but uh, from what I've seen, I've enjoyed. So yeah, three point five. I'm not, you know, trying to negate your score. Your score is what you score, but like shit like this, like inspires me to get back into fucking doing animation. That's good. Well, that's like, great. Shit yeah. Like this makes me want to just like, why am I sitting here being a computer scientist? I should be out there with these guys <laughs> in the fucking field. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm gonna give it a four. I, I liked it a lot. I mean, a couple of two about two week episodes, uh, two week, and then about two average ones, but the rest were great. So I'm gonna give it a four. And definitely, if you're a Star Wars fan, it's must-see TV for it. Uh, speaking of Star Wars, we're going to talk about Jaren's favorite thing to ever talk about, which are Jedi. So we had a discussion about the Jedi way, and is it is it basically is it good? Does it actually work? So for some people, here's kind of a template on the Jedi way. It's um, there's no death. There's only the Force. Oh, sorry. There's no passion. There's serenity. There's no death. There's only the Force. A Jedi does not act for personal power or wealth, but seeks knowledge and enlightenment. A Jedi never acts from hatred, anger, fear, or aggression, but acts with calm and at peace with the Force. So, as a relative Star Wars Jedi hater here, Jaren, I feel like the floor is yours to uh, tell us how this and all these teachings are just shameless and shameless. No, okay. No, um... A couple, a couple things, I guess. Uh, you see this kind of idea uh, come up in a lot of stuff. I mean, shit, Aang had to do the same thing if he wanted to uh, unlock all his chakras. He had to release his connection to, you know, the mortal plane. I mean, but he was the Avatar. So uh, the fact that all these Jedi are like that, I think that's a cool concept uh, in practice. And I think that if um, if you have to be calm and 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 not you know, acting out of fear or hatred, and that is when you're you're at your strongest. I like the idea that you probably have to train really hard to get to that point because instinctively you're going against your instincts. Um, that being said, uh, I don't. I mean, I, and correct me if I'm wrong here, fellas. Like, I don't you're think wrong. any of <laughs> any of us would be proper Jedi. We'd all be gray Jedi at best because we like to get down and fuck sometimes, and that's just what's up. Um, this monk bullshit where they're not allowed to like love anybody, you know, uh, is stupid in my opinion. I think that, uh, uh, I think that uh, a lot of, I mean, I get the idea where they say, if you don't love somebody, you don't become attached. You are more, you are less inclined to give in to hatred or, or anger and things like that. I get that. But I also think that you are taking a huge chunk of, your experiences in this life and and the reason that you're fighting anything uh out of the equation if you aren't able to love things and people and stuff so i just uh i don't know um uh, yeah so i ultimately i think it's it's silly um i think it works in a movie context i don't think real people in a real world situation <laughs> could actually knock this out of the park. Um, even people nowadays that are like monks, um, a lot of it is the fact that they're off, you know, hanging out in their, 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 you know, temple with their brothers. And that's just it. Like if they were forced to like walk the streets of New York city or Bangkok or something, or, you know, or Hong Kong, would they hold on to those? I mean, or would they give in to their, you know, natural instincts to like seek out companionship with members of the, the same sex or opposite sex, depending on their their choices. But you know, no, I don't think so. 
I think they would be hard pressed to do it. And I think it's a silly concept. And, uh, and you know, anybody that claims that they can do it, I challenge them to actually try it because I think they're just talking out of their ass. <laughs> well, what are, what are your thoughts on Mother Teresa? Mother Teresa. I mean, oof. she's a very complex figure because, you know, yeah, uh, she's not I, as uh, saintly as people make her out to be, actually. Right. And you're, you're <laughs> attempting to liken her to a Jedi? Well, I mean, she supposedly didn't bang and didn't have kids and didn't marry and gave her life, quote unquote, to like the world kind of thought process. So that's what I was asking, you know, I mean, and yeah, that's why I was asking your thoughts on that, because you're making it seem like as if like this kind of thing is impossible or not impossible. Very, very hard. You didn't say impossible. Very, very hard. But we, we do have cultures in the world that have existed in that realm. I guess I would ask, I'd answer your question with a question. Do you think Mother Teresa would have been less effective if she had taken a husband and had a child? I think the question is that she vowed herself to an ideology and right. she went but did that, that make ideology. her? But, but did that actually, in your mind, I guess the question would be if she hadn't adhered to such a strict ideology, would she still been able to do the good that she did? Well, we don't and, know. And, we don't. And my answer would be yes. <laughs> well, we don't know that because if you, what if you got to go pick up your kids from soccer? You can't be out there. And you miss out on saving the world. Like, I'm just saying, like, I mean, you, you can't be out in the streets if you got to go pick up your kids from soccer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, when you, you have other relationships, yeah, you, you got to have dinner. So I mean, I mean, just think about it this yeah. way, like, and just, and just let's be real. In the family yeah. life, if the time she spent doing the things she did, let's say that even, even. But 30 minutes, she had to sit down with her husband and eat and do her womanly wife responsibilities. That would have taken time from what she was probably initially doing other stuff. Yes. Yeah. Which was probably helping other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. so in essence of your question, then yes, I think she would have been less effective because the effective amount that she did before, you it would have to be some removal because she would have to be a wife. Yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't think she was doing I don't think she was working for the betterment of the world every waking moment of her life. So I think she could have fit it in there if she wanted to. Sometimes. Well, yeah, but fitting in. So what are you releasing? Like like your logic is saying the same thing I'm saying. If she fit it in, she would have to relinquish something else. So relinquish. I mean, I think she had free time is what I'm saying. I'm just saying that that free time would have been more family oriented instead of just her personal time. That's all I'm saying. Okay, Jason, I'll let you. Take the floor well, this for a large part. I actually kind of agree with Jaren, um, especially with the, the the love sort of thing. It's like you know, having these connections to people kind of make living and wanting to keep this world a better place worth doing. And the one of the biggest things that I hate Disney for is the fact that they got rid of you know the post Star Wars movie canon where the Jedi Order that's founded by Luke kind of accepts that we, we kind of need these connections, not, you know, toxic connections, obviously, because we've all been there, you know, love can lead to some toxicity, you know, and yes, if you are trying to balance a power structure that is, could, that could, you know, ultimately affect your life, you don't want to be toxic because, you know, touching the dark side or even like using the dark side, it's like going to be a crackhead. It's like being on a drug. Once you hit that bottom, you always want to be there. Kind of that's one of the worst things about being a sis is they they don't care about anything else besides gaining that power. So like that original sort of like 
hey, let's not have these relationships because, you know, we would, it would, you know, unfortunately influence us to, to be like that. I understand like how that, you know, that mindset could be, but also like, as Anakin even said, it's like, you know, they are encouraged to love people, just not to be in love, but like loving your family, loving your children, you know, that could just only be, and, and, and Luke kind of proves this. This is something that can help you keep people from being in the dark side, you know, and actually bring them back. So yeah. that whole, like not to form attachments, you know, they change that, you know, in the later on in the, the legend stuff that don't form toxic attachments. Don't form like things. Don't get possessive and controlling because that stuff leads to the dark side. Be caring and open and honest and loving, but don't, yeah, don't be like a douchebag. <laughs> and that's now, Anakin, like, you know, we have rules about dating strippers, <laughs> no strippers. And here's the number one thing about the Jedi code that, uh, people don't seem to understand, and Anakin Skywalker didn't understand this either. Uh, you could always fucking quit. <laughs> like you could always be like, yeah. "Oh, this is cool. Dooku. I learned to do some fucking backflips cool and shit. I can, I can lift a mountain if I want to." But this whole, you know, monk thing—it's not my thing. I'm gonna leave, and then they'd be like, "Ah," <laughs> they'll be like, "Okay, I'll see you later." <laughs> and that makes and you will... a gray Jedi, right? No, there's no such oh, thing okay. as a gray Jedi. Uh, this is kind of like the thing that was in uh, KOTOR, but it's not really a canon thing. I mean, some people, uh, if you ever listen to um, Freddie Prince Jr., the the light side of the force is already balanced. It's Ooh. it is balanced. Okay. So if, even if you are if if you are not a Jedi, you're still if you're still in the light side of the force, you're still balanced. The dark side is not balanced. That's why it's bad. It is it is all about consuming. So there's not really a such thing as a great Jedi. It's just like you're just not a Jedi. <laughs> uh, I'll I'll battle that great Jedi thing in a second for a little bit because you're correct, but it's it has to be a term made for Jedi that are more loose than loose. Than, the normal yeah, I guess. I guess that's in that way, yes. Yeah, that, I guess that's how I perceive it. Yeah, yeah. Like, like Qui Gon was a great Jedi in the sense that he knew the Council told him no, and he was like, "Fuck the Council." I'm gonna go do this anyway with the, with you or without you. So you should just choose your, your side. Like that's a great job. But also like, with, with that as well, it's like the council kind of already built that kind of into their structure of like you're there to make your own decisions. Yeah, we can tell you not to do something, but honestly, pretty much most Jedi are autonomous. They can like mm -hmm. ask the Jedi. Well, no, I mean, for. I mean, in the sense that like it was a decision to train Anakin as a Jedi yeah. or. He would just train Jet, uh, like Jedi, Anakin, Anakin as a Jedi. With, as yeah, a Jedi, yeah. Like period. it wouldn't like it wouldn't be part of the Jedi Council. Would it be like the bootleg Either you Jedi can train him or I can train him. There's no middle ground. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like yeah. you train him, he's part of your council. I mean, part of your group. Or I'll train him, and he'll just be out here doing his thing. Like, um, so about the love thing and all that. So I agree with the Jedi way. That's why I think it's not a lot of Jedi because it's very hard to do what's being asked of it. Yeah. I would disagree with you all because even that Luke thing is kind of shady because it was like he took a chick that was literally a bad guy and was like, oh, Mara Jade, I'm going to change you. You can fix people out that, there. You can fix that, them. That was, that was a toxic relationship. Anyway, but let's go to this whole the relationship thing. As all of us being parents, what happens the first time a kid hits your, your kid in the head with a rock as a Jedi? My lightsaber's turning red. <laughs> exactly. So, it, really the first yellow. time 
that you are at a bar or something and some dude is pushing up on your old lady, real disrespectful, like. My late favorite turning red. Once again, all these attachments they're talking about is going to lead. That's why they say don't have Actually, because on that second or second example, that's probably defending your your loved one or defending anybody. So you probably have done that to anybody. So maybe not my lightsaber's not turning. Well, no, but but Jedi. But I'm definitely igniting it. <laughs> but the peacekeepers though. So yeah, you and that not peacekeepers like the police. Some of peacekeepers like legitimately be like, hey, Actually. escalating, want to have conversations, blah, blah blah. The point is, is that for a lot of us, a mass majority of us. When things happen to us, our natural reaction is to get upset and angry and try to stop whatever's going on to our immediate loved ones because we don't want anyone around us that we care about being damaged. Where if you have a quote-unquote, as they call it, universal love, you're able to look at it objectively and go, hey, this dude is pushing up on this lady. She's a human being. I'm going to step in and stop him. But if it's your old lady, yeah, like you said, lightsaber's on, bitch. Like, what are you doing here, homeboy? Like, chick says she good. Like, so... Having that attachment, because we've all been there. How many times as kids, as parents, we've heard a story from our child and we get pissed off and then we go to the school or hear the full story and find out our kid was a little shady in that discussion too. Well, if I had a lightsaber in that moment, what do you think is happening to that kid's parents in that kid? I thought I'm busting was, heads. Uh, singing a song about killing my kid. I was about to go kick in the door and kill the whole family. <laughs> exactly. Now imagine you had the power because you have the autonomy because you're the Jedi. So you're pretty much the peacekeepers of enforcement. You have the autonomy to a degree to go in and do I, that. I agree with you. But also with that, if you're a Jedi, you're being trained to te- you've been trained to do these mitigation techniques. So therefore, because I'm not trained in these, uh, in these mitigation techniques, I, my reaction is to go kick in the door. But if I've been suitably trained and like, Okay, that's my first emotional reaction. Come on, guys. Stop it. It's the reason why doctors can't operate on loved ones. It don't matter how much you're trained. No, they tell doctors can't emergency. They try their best to let doctors have to operate on their family. Even in emergencies, operate on their family. Because it is very hard to rationally calm yourself down no matter what your training is. Because you could train for forever. But as soon as the ish hit the fan, that training go out of the window. I mean, hell, we, we, we deal with a bunch of departments that are run by government officials with training, that all of yeah. a sudden lose their shit in the middle of the heat of it and we get back with, oh, well, and I'm not even talking about the police department. I'm talking about even above them that have, that actually have legitimate training. They lose <laughs> their shit all the time when it comes to things that actually get under their skin. So imagine a dude that has something that he holds more dear than everything else. That's the issue. If you can love yeah. your wife and your kids as the same as everyone else, then you're fine. But that is almost like we were talking about almost damn near impossible, Jaren. That's damn near impossible because you chose that woman and you chose you. Well, let's hope they made that kid. chose to have those kids. Master Mundi had six wives, had six wives and a whole bunch of kids. He he made he was able to do it, but he was also a huge douchebag, too. So yeah, he told well, Anakin Skywalker <laughs> to fucking get over it when he saw people die. He's like, it's fine. People I'm die good. all the time. This is not toxic at all. <laughs> I, I know it's probably not canon, and I'm blanking on the name, but there was a brilliant game that was a Star Wars game where you were kind of like a Jedi that loved like a female stormtrooper or something like that, or or a female officer of the Empire. Um, and you you held your lightsabers backwards or whatever. I'm trying to think of what that game was, but it was a Force Unleashed. Force Unleashed, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he was definitely was a... Sith the whole entire time. Oh, was he? Yeah, I didn't get through the second <laughs> one, but uh, uh, the second one he was a clone, but he yeah, did but, end up falling in love. But he was Luke. resisting the Sith, right? He Vader kept no. trying to come at him, and he was like, "Go fuck yourself." No, Vader. He was Vader's secret apprentice. He was Star. All right. yeah, I thought was it was because uh, didn't he turn away from the Jedi Order because he fell in love though ultimately? No, 
Uh, oh. Vader actually ended up kidnapping him from his master when he was like a young boy. Gotcha. And training and began training him as his secret apprentice, hoping that he would be able to help him overthrow the the emperor. Yeah. But because of his connection to that uh, uh, the officer and through finding other uh, Jedi alive, uh, he decided to turn away from the dark side. And, right. Uh, okay, that's what it was. Yeah. And he ends up getting well, fucking a lightsaber in his fucking scrotum because of it. Yeah. My lightsaber <laughs> would be straight up yellow all the time. <laughs> yeah, put my last point of what yellow just would be you a guardian. But to my last one of this, um, yes, I, I agree with the Jedi and their whole situation of that part. The part, I guess, I disagree with the Jedi in this sense of their sense of what their purpose is is what I've always disagreed with. Because, you know, that's what part of the Clone Wars, which they didn't do a great job of, you know, was supposed to be about, like, are we peacekeepers? Are we an army? Are we military? Are we what? I feel like the Jedi's role should be almost similar to like Jerry said, almost Jesus-like. We're like, whatever power is in power at the time, we don't butt in, even if we know the power is going to be evil. Yeah. We don't butt in. We just want to keep peace and keep balance. So if evil overruns and all that stuff like that, as long as they're not harming or damaging the force which is living life we won't step in we'll let it be what it is <laughs> almost like Buddhist monks stuff. in communist china yeah 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 yeah, yeah like the planet had a sword <laughs> <laughs> right. right so it's almost but like yeah like, I feel like that is well captain planet is more extreme Captain planet actually was yeah, it's about that life. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Captain Planet, he like... will burn your boss alive. Save a fucking seagull, all right? <laughs> right, right. He, he was a little bit more sketch on that. On that realm. But my point is, well, your powers are by him. I would fuck these motherfuckers up. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you're a tree. Um, you're a tree. Right. But yeah, so like, and that's why I kind of look at it more since like that. There have to be a defined role. So, or if you're a peacekeeper. You can't decide that because something is bad that you have to stop the bad thing because mm. is that that's not really your role. Your role is just to keep the balance of everything. So yeah. if the bad thing starts to just say, hey, we're just going to decimate planets for the fuck of it, then yes, you probably want to step in and fight that. But if the bad thing is like, nah, we just want to rule and make everybody do what the fuck we say, hey, look, man, y'all got to figure that shit out yourselves, man. Like, until they fuck up the round, like, so I feel like that's the issue because once you get into a battle of conflict, which we're all talking about, now you're in a situation where like all those things you just said for the Jedi way gets thrown out the window. And actually, if you think about it, that's the fall of the councils because they go away from the way because they're trying to be a military and an army and an enforcement of an ideology that they haven't even adopted. They didn't adopt any of the ideology right. of the people they were trying to protect and fight for. They just wanted to protect the people, which you could have done without inviting yourself in a war. So yeah. That's my like problem. The Republic should have had like more control other than the Jedi. Also, because they were being manipulated by Palpatine, yeah. he was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, we should let the, those guys. They know about war. They should do it." It's like we don't know shit about war. Are you a Sith dude? Like, why would you tell ask us to do this? You're trying to get us fucked up, aren't you? <laughs> You're like the last one, last one we had, we destroyed all the Sith. At least we thought we did. Yeah, five hundred years ago, like <laughs> thousand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, they they also have a big chip on their shoulder. They have a big head because the Jedi they 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 dispatch like two people to like deal with a full on planetary invasion. They're like, <laughs> you get two Jedi, and that should be enough. Because well, that's all they bad. had. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You get one in a trainee. Hello, I'm training. One guy and a trainee. 
He's 15 <laughs> years old. He just got out of high school. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's good though. <laughs> like, hello, he's, my he's name is I'm training. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Because it's yeah. hard to be like, FJ. That's like, why. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, that is uh any last words on the Jedi way, Jaron? I uh, know. Uh, how stupid it is. Yeah, they're discount fucking Vulcans is all they are with swords. So they're better than Vulcans. <laughs> they're they're, they're Kirkland brand Vulcans. Oh my God, Jen, Jesus Christ! <laughs> Kirkland brand is actually pretty good, guys. Get the fuck out okay. of here. Okay. <laughs> oh no, the fact he's putting them below Vulcans is my issue. Yeah. Anyway, oh, Jason, any Jedi words? can take out the the whole entire Vulcan would be destroyed by the Jedi. They they will commit. Oh genocide against the Americans oh. because they did it before on Mandalore. <laughs> but yeah, uh yeah, Jedi being a Jedi part they suck sometimes. But even at the suckiest, they're way better than being a Sith. Okay. Hmm. Only thing I can't get down with the Sith is just like the whole fucked up skin and like rotting from the inside part. All you the have other to kill your family to cool. be a Sith or the people that you care about to be a Sith. And you always have you know somebody's like trying to kill you. Like, that's the only way to get promoted is to kill somebody. And then you're like, oh, I'll take on the apprentice myself. Oh, fuck. He's going to try to kill me, too. Like, well, you're you're in, you're blood in, blood out. You're in the fucking crypt gang. Like, you're, well, there's no leaving this shit. Well, rule of two shit. was kind of <laughs> like early on, the Sith thing was a little easier to take. The rule of two thing kind of. Yeah, and but still, kind of had order. even when they were more, more than the rule of two, they were still always fucking backstabbing each other and trying to, you know, you know manipulate each other to, to gain their own power because it's all about. The, the Sith are all about just gaining their own individual power. They're not about achieving a goal besides gaining more power for themselves. So, like, even the whole rule of two is, like, I'm so powerful, I can make another person that is also powerful my subject. So, like, even that is 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 a, a uh, foray into narcissist, <laughs> in narcissism. is like, yeah. yeah, you're a bitch until I tell you you're not a bitch. And then, like, when he's like, no, I'm not a bitch. I'm going to stab you in your face. You're dead. <laughs> like, I just don't want it. I just don't want that fucking lifestyle. All right. Yeah. It seems stressful. <laughs> it seems very stressful. Can't get just a so good night's sleep like, oh, ever since I, I got that. The most star destroyers with my power. Right. <laughs> I've melted off my oh. dick now because I wanted more power. We've lost Jason. Or at least wow. we've lost his audio. Because <laughs> he was saying something and we definitely didn't hear. Just uh, wrap it up. Okay. Wrap it you up. want us okay. to keep okay. going? You want us to keep going? Okay. <laughs> well, um, I guess that does it for the this week's show. Uh, like, comment, subscribe, smash that bell. Uh, Jason, do you have anything you want to leave it with? Yeah. Be kind. Be compassionate. Be like the Jedi, just not as toxic. And always tip your servers 20%. Three percent, 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 three percent. Three percent, 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 three percent.
three percent, 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 three percent. Three percent, 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 